Larry Mike with the Brandy Austin Law Firm, and you're listening to our podcast, Disclosure, Divorce in Texas. Thanks for joining us on our fourth episode of Disclosure, Divorce in Texas, How to Live in Limbo Before Your Divorce is Granted. My name's Larry Mike, and with me is Brandy Austin. Hi, I'm Brandy Austin, and I'm an attorney licensed and practicing in Arlington, Texas at the Brandy Austin Law Firm. I graduated from Baylor Law School, and my practice focuses mainly on litigation, and that just means I go to court. Family law requires a lot of court. I practice family law litigation. Get tons of consultations each month, and there's so many misconceptions that we decided to do a podcast specifically about divorce. And we wanted to clear up some of those misconceptions today. And with me, I have our dedicated family law attorney, Larry Mike. Hi, everyone. I'm also an attorney licensed and practiced in Arlington, Texas. And I'm also with the Brandy Austin Law Firm. I graduated from Texas Wesleyan University School of Law, uh, which many of you now know as Texas A&M School of Law. My entire practice is dedicated to family law and helping families through difficult times, sometimes even the happy times. I've worked in several areas of law, but family law just fit me like a glove. It keeps me on my toes, it keeps me emotionally engaged, and it helps me share what I know with people and help them get on the right path. Our philosophy is really to give families the information they need, answer any questions, and let them make the best decision for them and support them in any way that they can. At the end of the day, we get to go home to our families. We make choices, we make decisions in our lives, and we go home. And we want our clients to feel they've had the same control over their life. So we support them in their decision making and do what we can to make sure their decisions actually become fulfilled. So without further ado, let's talk about how to live in limbo before your divorce is granted. Larry, living in limbo, what is that? What's that mean? So when a divorce is filed, you're in this period between the filing and the final judgment for that divorce. You're not yet single. You're not really married. You're just there. It's that time frame where you've got so many things going on. You're emotionally weak. You're physically weak. You're just in this little zone that you don't know what to do. That's that limbo portion. This is your transition time. You are going from a life that you thought you were going to have, this dream that you built for yourself, these fantasies that you created from potentially day one of your relationship, and and those have all just come crashing down, and now it's time to come up with something new. And this is the transition time that you have to figure out what it is that you want to do. I've noticed a lot of people, when they come into our office, especially women, are emotionally devastated. They have no idea what they want to do. Maybe they've let themselves go in a relationship. Maybe they're things that they want to do better, feel better about themselves. This is the time to figure out who you are without your spouse. Either side, male or female, husband, wife, 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 husband, husband. Um, You need to find out who you are and what your life is going to be. Yeah, definitely. A lot of times during this time period, I mean, whether you take up yoga or weightlifting. Yoga happens a lot. It's like (laughs) the top thing women do (laughs) during a divorce. Yes. Just you, you have to focus on yourself. You have to get those, the feel good emotions, the, the endorphins, but you've got to get those feel good emotions going. So there are people who they've always wanted to take a trip somewhere special. Europe. This is, 
Yes, this is the time to go. Go to Europe. Spend a couple of weeks in Europe. Go across the different countries. It's go on the train to London. Take a flight to Ireland. Do things. See yes. the world. If you have kids, make sure that the other parent has possession. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, um, do take the time to take the yoga class. Start weightlifting again. Take the time to really figure out what you want to do and do those things. Take these, you know, six mm-hmm. to eight months, maybe a year, if it's if it's confrontational. It's yes. a good way to say that if it's confrontational it can take longer there may be uh, additional issues that need to be resolved before we even get to a trial date or a resolution it's a really great idea to see some sort of counseling that is that is very important several people i mean I, i don't know of anyone who has not had their heart broken so people go through different stages of this this grief there are five stages of grief and we see it from beginning to end yes let's just take me for instance like if if I am in that situation, like I don't eat, I don't want to do anything. I just want to be in my own little shell, like a little turtle, and just don't nobody mess with. One of the worst things to do during this limbo process is to stay and be by yourself and be on your own. Seek out professional counseling, and not your best friend. But my best friend listens so well. Oh yeah, they listen so well, but they don't give you the advice that you need, or lead you in the direction. Or lead that you, you in need the direction. Because your best friend may say, I mean, you see it all the time. Like, they may give you this advice, and then you come into your attorney, and you're like, yeah, I want to do this. Well, who told you that? My best friend. And your best friend is, like, totally wrong. Well, your best friend is going to use the information that he or she has, and they're going to mirror your feelings. So yes. it's just um, having someone with incomplete information, and they're just going to try to find a solution that they think that you want. And so while that feels good and warm and fuzzy, and I absolutely recommend it for a Friday or Saturday night. As far as finding a resolution to the emotional turmoil that you're experiencing uh, during a divorce, probably a professional. And it doesn't have to be a therapist or a psychiatrist. You can seek a religious advisor or a spiritual advisor. There are several options of people that understand what grief looks like and can help you process it. Definitely. Even, uh, I think, if you are scared to start just start on youtube or um, on a podcast find a different podcast uh, from a counselor that goes over grief start reading blogs there are many many things that you can do if you just take the step to learn about it then you can uh, try to address it if you don't address it it can lead to severe depression and and unfortunately it really can spiral um, from there and we try to do the best for our clients we we don't control them but we do encourage everyone to, to find a path to resolve the grief and, and the heartache and then move on. That's correct. And, and for us, we handle the legal aspect. And I always tell clients and even potential clients, look, we can handle the legal aspect. Even if you have some issues, yeah, I'll talk to you and, and I'll try to keep you emotionally in check. But that, that's not my forte. So I say, hey, seek out a professional counselor. Talk to them, whether it's spiritual Whatever it is, speak to someone professional so that you can have your emotional and your mental health in check. And then that way, we got your legal in check, we got your mental and emotional, and then we can move forward to something. Our title does include counselors, but it's counselors of law. So we can counsel you on the law and and just point you in the right direction. So while you're living in limbo, it's important to understand parenting and possession and access of the children. First and foremost, co-parenting. 
I, I am a big, big fan of co-parenting. I think, you know, there's several blogs out there that I've like tried to write with about co-parenting. Co-parenting is such an important process, not for not not only for both of the parents, but for the children as well. Because co-parenting it provides this unified front that the children who are going through this emotional turmoil for this divorce or this process happening, that they can see both parents are looking out for their best interests. And then if you have both parents who are equally co-parenting, who are working together to work with these these children, then it makes it to the point where the, the kids are able to just focus on living versus focusing on all this fighting that would be happening if they weren't doing that. So we understand uh, that co-parenting can be difficult, especially if emotions are involved with your spouse, if you have anger or frustration, or they have anger or frustration towards you. And luckily, Tarrant County, and I believe Dallas County, and many, many counties in the state of Texas understand that this happens frequently and provide classes for both parties so that they can work together to come up with a, a plan or a unified front to, to present to the children. Can you tell people a little bit about what those classes are like? So these classes, I mean, you've got certain names like Children in the Middle is one of these classes. You know, they've got online classes. They've got actually sit-down live classes. I've had clients who, the, the other spouse, like they went together to these classes to, to learn. Or they've sat together online and, and watched it. But these classes are, are vital to people who don't understand how to co-parent, that it can teach you certain skills or even break down some of your your negativity towards the other spouse to let go of some of those emotions so that you can focus on the children. Right. Co-parenting, we're using that word. What does that actually mean other than parent together? What do we mean by co-parent? So when we talk about co-parenting, it's, it's where you and the other party or you and the other parent, you guys communicate. You guys work out schedules on how are we going to raise the children when we are in different households now. How are we going to communicate with each other so we don't, one parent doesn't do this thing and the other parent says, no, I'm going to do this. It's a matter of getting on the same level, that same mindset to raise these children together. And with a hard, real-world example, TV time, it's important that you guys be on the same page about, let's just pick TV time. Maybe it's not a big deal in your house, but some households do try to limit TV to two hours. If they're at mom's house or if they're at dad's house, the time is always going to be two hours. You're co-parenting. There's a plan. You have it in place. You both know. I mean, these aren't things that we would put in an order, a final order, restricting the kids to two hours of TV time. But it is a plan that, that both parents can use to work together to present that unified front to allow the kids to not be disrupted from their usual routine any more than it already is. Right. takes a lot of work, but it also takes a lot of communication. And especially when you're dealing with, with children who kids are kids and they will they can manipulate you. So they'll oh, yeah. say, yeah, mommy said I can do this or daddy said I can do that. Both you and mommy or you and daddy have to be on the same page to make sure that you have this unified front to do the same thing with these children. The kids are smart and they'll come to one parent and I've seen this happen in cases that are, are pending you know, after temporary orders, before a divorce. The kids will say, dad got me an Xbox. <laughs> they'll insinuate that obviously you don't love me the same because he got me an Xbox and I don't have anything from you. 
that is not that those are children and they are manipulating you and they know that it is a time of limbo co-parenting is not just for you and your spouse it's for the benefit of the children yes and the court will look at that you have to file those documents with the court <laughs> um, if they are ordered and in, in, in contentious cases uh, the court does order co-parenting classes yes they do and depending it could be multiple it could be just one it just depends on what the issues are and you have to file this and the court takes that into consideration if you worked on a parenting plan and you guys are working together then you may be able to just arrange you can put in your order we'll agree and if we can't agree then there's a fallback plan but if you can't agree it's really good and it it really helps the children and it helps them continue on with emotional well-being uh, while going through this transition period yeah, definitely. And, and, and it helps to minimize that disruption because if, if children can just continue on without being disrupted by this process, which is already a disruptive process, but if you can minimize that, then these kids will be all the more better emotionally. So do you think um, parents should keep the children in the dark or do you think they should know all the details <clears throat> about the divorce? Here's the deal. Children are going to know that something's up. So to me, I, I think that, yes, you... The best scenario would be for mom and dad or whatever it is for them to sit down with the children and say, hey, this is what's going on. But then to let them know that it's not going to change our love for you. It's not going to change how we do things with you guys. Uh, the only difference is, you know, mommy and daddy or whatever it is, they, they, uh, they're just not working out. But when we talk about keeping in the dark versus in the know, you don't want to tell them everything that's going on. No. You don't want to tell them what happened in court or, hey, the judge said this. It's none of their business. Yes. It's and counterproductive to their health. And definitely. And, you know, there's a lot of times where we have cases where the other party's saying, hey, these kids told me X, Y, and Z because mom or dad is telling them all of this. Mm-hmm. And judges do not like that. But they actually put it in the order that you cannot yes. talk to the children about specific things, correct? Yeah, they do. And then, you know, there are people who just... It's unfortunate. So what happens when you violate your order and, and talk about things like that? You could be held in contempt. And if you're held in contempt, remind me. I know we talked about it in our last podcast, but remind me what the consequences of not following the order and being held in contempt could be. You can go to jail. You can be held liable for any fines or fees. There are a lot of times where when you're held in contempt and someone brings this enforcement action, you'll be liable to pay your spouse's attorney's fees. Well, that's pretty much always the case if the attorney is aware of everything. (laughs) You put that in the order, you get your attorney's fees. If you're not doing what you have to and somebody else has to file an enforcement against you, it's your responsibility. Exactly. Okay. We talked a little bit about parenting and possession access of the children during this limbo period, but you're also going to be separating yourselves financially, correct? That is correct. And so the first part is going to be separating your property, both real and household. What does that look like? So when we're talking about real and household, I mean your real property is your houses, your things of that nature where you live in, or your land. But for the most part, it's it's that house that you that you guys live in. So you've got kids, you've got a house. Some people, most people only have one house. Most Most people. people Some people have two, three houses, and I've seen that happen. That makes it a lot easier for the other person just to go to the other house. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you're going to separate that, and then of course your furniture, your household furniture, your pots, pans, your dishes, like all of those things have to be separated. Paintings, pictures. I I mean, we're 
it gets down to the nitty-gritty. Like, the pictures hanging on the bedroom wall is something that people often put in their requests for things uh, at the end of the day. Everything. Yeah, I mean, spoons. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a story I saw. This you know, I'm a big fan of memes. I love it. But <laughs> we can put some of those memes <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, we need to. But there was one where it showed this couple on the floor in a courthouse. When you remember Beanie Babies, mm-hmm. when they were they were separating Beanie Babies. Oh yeah, no, I saw so, that. Yeah, so I'm gonna put that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how detailed it could be. Yeah. No, I want the beanie baby, the red lobster beanie baby. I never saw that. Well, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's everything. And you need to, when you're going through this limbo period, you really have to separate everything out. If you don't need the lawnmower, don't keep the lawnmower. Yeah. Because you know what? Maybe they don't need the, I don't know, margarita machine. (laughs) (laughs) If they don't need the margarita machine and they want the lawnmower, that sounds like a pretty good exchange to me. Yeah. It's a give and take, and you just start listing everything from from the pictures on the wall all the way to the spoons in the drawer. Definitely. So you're also going to have to separate your bank accounts. A lot of couples have separate accounts, but um, many do still have joint accounts, and so you have to separate your checks, the payments, the bills, all of that, right? Yes, you do. And in a lot of courts, when when they give an order, and sometimes even in temporary orders, they will lay out by this date when this bank account should be closed or disposed of so um, you definitely have to take take a take a look at the bank accounts to make sure those are separated and health insurance one party at the end of the day is not going to have the same health insurance right that is correct and you have 18 months well if you choose to pay for cobra which is super expensive right <laughs> for the 18 months you have 18 months on that health insurance but you need to start thinking about your options during this period yeah. It's six to eight months, and you maybe the open enrollment uh, will happen during that time period and allow you to get on insurance or allow your partner, spouse, to get on insurance. Yeah. And, you know, the, one of the crazy things now that I'm, I'm seeing with a lot of our cases is both parties already have their own insurance. Mm-hmm. So it, that makes things easy when both parties have it. But, yeah, if just one person who hasn't been working, who hasn't been employed, who's been the stay-at-home person – and they don't have the health insurance coverage, then that's something they definitely have to look at because it's mandatory. I've been on my husband's health insurance for a very long time. I hope I'm never off of his because (laughs) he has that union insurance. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for me, it would be a a serious concern. I would have to budget everything, and then you have to consider what your co-pays are going to be, your deductible, and then you're going to have to consider how that affects the size of apartment or house that you can afford. All of these things have to be taken into consideration. And uh, one of the the bigger things that we talk about is separating your 401k. Definitely. I mean, you know, a lot of people that, I think we've talked about this before in another um, podcast with regards to 401k, where certain people think, hey, Mm -hmm. it's my job, it's all mine. Mm -hmm. You know, there's community property portion in there. Texas. Yes. So when you look at the 401k, you have to think about separating that however it's whether it's 50 percent or however much you guys agree to on separating that there are people who they know hey i'm going to get 80 a hundred thousand dollars from this mm-hmm. 401k and their first thought is i'm just going to pull it all out so you have to look at that and think from a financial aspect what's going to be the best thing for me for us we recommend people to talk to as far as financial people to say hey when you when this gets separated out and you get this money 
how to roll it over to make more money for you to make sure you're set up in the future. And we work with a lot of financial advisors, so we have people we can refer you to. We usually try to give you several options so you can pick the one that's best suited for you. Everybody has their own individual needs. Also, there are retirement outside of 401k that are still available to some people. Not many. Yeah. (laughs) Not many. (laughs) That's not a commentary on any political nature. But... And those are separated a little differently. Yeah, those are separated a little differently. You know, when we're talking about retirement benefits versus like these 401k or uh, the TSP or anything where we have to do some type of order where you can get that money out quickly, things that need time to vest when the people get it for retirement, I mean, that's going to take a while to get that. And the goal is to continue to keep it as retirement, but the reality is someone may need to take it out to buy a house. Yeah. So, that is the reality. And this is things that these are things that we need to consider uh, at the time. And so the other things are HSAs and any other benefits that one party may have over the other. Maybe somebody was full, employed full-time versus stay-at-home parent. So just start considering all that stuff financially. What if it isn't working? As I mentioned before in a previous podcast, uh, collecting information on a calendar can help collect evidence. Because if it's not working, then we want to change something. Yeah, definitely. I, I tell I tell clients the same thing. Like when they first come in to while they're with us, I still have clients to this day who may call me up and say, hey, I'm still keeping a calendar. That's a great idea. Keep that it calendar. Is. Your kids are there until 18, which means you may modify those orders at any point. Yes. And that calendar that you have dedicated to kids and your spouse, ex-spouse, uh, will help. It's just a good thing. I mean, thing. those people are amazing. We should get them in here. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, So yeah, calendars are good, text messages are good, emails are good, anything that is information that is what we say evidence, bring that in. If you have a good co-parenting relationship with your soon-to-be ex-spouse, it's a really great idea to keep emails, to email information back and forth as opposed to just talking about it. And if you do talk about it, send a quick follow-up to say, this is just to confirm that you're going to take the kids at 8 8 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. Because then you have a record of everything. Yes. It was so important to have the actual evidence. And those are things that you do need to think of. I know it, it's annoying. It's weird. No one wants to do it. It takes extra time. But it will help in the long run if something goes wrong. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that I wish in a perfect world that you could just talk about it and things are good. But for our mindset as, as attorneys, but what we see on a daily basis... Mm-hmm. You may think, yeah, we're just working out, we're talking, and then all of a sudden, boom, you get hit with a modification or you get hit with an enforcement. And you're like, hold on, we agreed to that. Mm-hmm. So always, 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 if you talk it out, follow it up with an email, follow it up with a text. Hey, Larry, do we ever take any divorce case on a flat fee basis? Never. No. <laughs> Why not? Never, because you don't know what's going to happen. And things change. I would say 90% of the time, there's something. Always. Always. And, you know, people come in and they're saying, well, you know, they tell us it's going to be uncontested. We're going to agree. It's all good. And I'm like, yeah. Unless both spouses are sitting in front of me, I'm not going to believe it. That's only happened one time ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to call you in and was like, hey, come look at this because I don't know if I'm being punked or not. (laughs) No, it can happen. I, I have seen TV shows about it. Okay, so if it's not working and we have this evidence, there are options to change the temporary orders while you're waiting uh, for the divorce date. 
Exactly. And those are additional temporary orders. Basically go in to modify those temporary orders. And you have to have that information. You right. Know, to show All that, that evidence has to be there. We don't want to go and modify temporary orders if you don't have anything actually to modify. Right. And this happens a lot of times if there are supervised visitations, supervised possession time, um, and you want to change that to unsupervised. Yes. So I see that a lot then. Okay. So if you're not communicating well with your former or soon-to-be former spouse, one option is our family wizard. Yes. What is that? So our family wizard is a, is a database. I think it's like $99 a year that you have to pay for. Yes, it is. And they do have one that's that you don't have to pay for. The name skips me right now. We'll have it in the resources. The show notes. notes. The show notes, yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's it's basically a database where you log on, the other party logs on, and you're able to communicate through there. You're able to share documents. You're able to scan documents. But the good thing about this is the judges can see it. The attorneys can see it. So if you do anything, if you're going to town and saying all this craziness on there, everyone's going to see. So it keeps the parties in check. I've had a few clients who have used it, and they've put everything on there. And even then, they still fight on there. (laughs) We just hit the print button and bring it on to court. So we've talked today about how to live in limbo before your divorce is granted. We talked about what limbo is, uh, parenting and possession and access of the children during this time. And and that time's uh, between the temporary orders hearing and the final divorce date, which is usually a trial date. And we've talked about separating financially, and we've talked about what to do if it isn't working. Uh, We have a list of resources for you to visit regarding this podcast, and you can find them on our website under the media tab. If you just go to this show and the show notes, you will find all of the information we've talked about, specifically Our Family Wizard, if you want to check that out. Please feel free to give us a call at any time, 817-841-9906, and you can look us up on Facebook under Brandy Austin Law. Or reach us online at brandyaustinlaw.com. That's brandy like the wine, Austin like the city, and law as in what we do. Hey, Larry, do we need? does everyone need to hire an attorney? No, you're not required to hire an attorney, but you have to remember that if you represent yourself, you're expected to follow the court procedures, uh, file your own appropriate pleadings, and present your case. And if you haven't practiced the law or even been in a courtroom, it may be hard for you and you may end up doing something wrong. There are lots of procedural rules that you have to follow or you don't get your information in. You're listening to Brandy Austin Law Firm's Disclosure, Divorce in Texas podcast miniseries. Tune in to our next podcast and our topic will be, this is how your divorce case will end in Texas. There are only certain ways for that to happen and we are going to explain them all. The information in this podcast and or video referred to as media is provided for general informational purposes only and may not reflect the current law in your jurisdiction. No information contained in this media should be construed as legal advice of Brandy Austin Law Firm, Brandy Austin, or Larry Mike, nor is it intended to be a substitute for legal counsel on any subject matter. No viewer or listener of this media should act or refrain from acting on the basis of any podcast included in or accessible through this media without seeking the appropriate legal or other professional advice on this particular facts and circumstances at issue from a lawyer licensed in the recipient state, country, or other appropriate licensing jurisdiction. Also, no information provided in this podcast reflects any particular client or case that we have currently or have had in the past. So thank you for joining us, and we hope that you listen to our next podcast.